Hey friend, welcome to the Restore Mind podcast, where we are going to be talking about various life topics surrounding mindset transformation. Imagine what it will look like to have peace in your life, despite what the world is telling you. Hi, my name is Caroline, a wife, mom of three, and makeup turned fitness enthusiast. I am here to help you build a strong mindset that will propel you forward into a life of peace and joy. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Well, my friend, there is freedom waiting for you. So if you are ready to build a 2.0 version of yourself, then this podcast is for you. So grab your water or whatever you like to drink, throw on your walking shoes, and let's get going because it's always 4.13. Hello and welcome to the Restored Mind Podcast. My name is Caroline and my friend, how are you doing? Happy Wednesday. I hope that your week has been fantastic so far and that you're ready to walk into the weekend. I can't believe how fast this year has gone by, especially the end of the year. Summer flew by and then September came and now we're in October and I don't know. I feel like I've blinked and then here we are today and we're almost at the end of the year, almost to the finish line of 2023. And uh, it just makes me think back on an episode that I released a couple of months back titled, Where Are You? I talk about how it's been six months since we've started 2023, and I did a check-in with you. And in that episode, I share with you how when September comes, the rest of the year is just going to fly by. And I feel like that's happening even today. There's a lot of change that's happening in the near future, which I'll talk about in future episodes. But today we're going to be talking about and focusing on a phrase that I believe we've all said to someone before, whether it be ourselves or maybe our girlfriends, but it's to have faith, encouraging our girlfriends to have faith, saying something like, girl, have some faith or have faith, my friend. And when you hear that phrase, have faith, it's usually involved surrounding the kind of situations where there's a lot of opposition or a lot of hardship of some kind that's happening. And you're trying to encourage yourself or encourage your friend to not give up the little hope that they have left. Because I used to say that to myself a lot. I used to say, girl, have some faith, have faith. And then I would encourage my girlfriends to have faith. But it wasn't until much later in life when I asked the questions that needed to be asked. And that is, Have faith in what? Have faith in the process? Yourself? The world? Isn't that crazy? We tell our friends to have faith, but we don't really know where their faith is in or the faith that we even have, especially if we're in a negative mindset trying to find the most positive things of the situation that we're in. I struggled with this a lot because If you've been a long-time listener, you know that I struggled with having a negative mindset being the predominant lens in which I looked at the world. But my friend, have faith in what? What do you have faith in? The world says to have complete trust in someone or something. So the phrase have faith is maybe that this thing will work itself out right? We tend to think like, yeah, maybe this will just work itself out and it's just going to be the way that it is. Especially if you're coming from a negative mindset or someone who is um, a believer, but also not a believer who is engaged as well. And that was me. I'm guilty of that. We usually tell ourselves to have faith in the world because it's going to give you 
what you aspire or what you want. We even tell people to have faith in us because we think that we wouldn't fail them. Isn't that crazy? We tell people to have faith in us. Believe in me. Have faith in me. And thinking about it, I realized how much I've said this. Have faith in me. Have faith in people. Encouraging myself and my friends to have faith in people or themselves. But what's happened when we steward faith in ourselves or in other people? We've been met with disappointment, right? Time and time again, we've been met with disappointment. The question is why? Well, I believe it's because we're not perfect. We will let others down eventually. And even when we try our hardest not to let someone down, eventually that's going to happen. And maybe we don't do it on purpose. But the inevitable is that we are going to let someone down because we're not perfect. We can't keep promises, especially because we can't control what the future is like or how someone is going to react. Now, you might be asking, why would I let someone down, especially when I care about them? My friend, I'm not discounting the amount of love that you might have for someone, how much you care for someone. But the truth is that we are all born in flesh, which is sin. Our flesh is sinful. So there's going to come a time where we're going to pick ourselves over the person that we might even care about the most. And sometimes we do it intentionally. There may be other times where we do it unintentionally and we don't realize that maybe we've hurt someone or that someone's disappointed in us for, for our actions. And we often think about ourselves in our flesh or in our sinful ways. It's always going to be us first, me first. It's going to be about what makes me feel good. It's also going to factor in how much of an inconvenience is this. When we think about whether or not someone's request of us is going to hinder our goals by taking a certain detour or setting us back in some way. And it's all about us, right? It's all about us. Others come second in our flesh when we are not being intentional with our actions. So that's what the world says, right? Have faith in me. Have faith in others. Have faith in the world. But biblical faith says this. It is the knowledge and belief and trust in God. All three of these, I believe, have to work together for a biblical faith to happen. And those three are to know God, to believe in his word, and to trust in his word. So to know him is to spend time reading his true and trustworthy word, which is the Bible. Spend time in the Bible. My husband says it best. He says, the Bible is a timeless book because while it remains the same, the teachings are different to us depending on the season of life that we are in. So when you read something in the Bible, we can learn about God's unchanging character as we read the Bible and these truths about him can transform us internally. Now, my friend, I've said this before, but we have to be changed inwardly before we can create a change outwardly. I relate this so much to my fitness journey. I started my fitness journey about three years ago. After I had a miscarriage, I was going through some things to not feel good about myself. And if you know me in real life, you know that this wasn't my first miscarriage, but this was the miscarriage that the enemy used to highlight all of the failures that I've had in my past. At least that's how I labeled it. And so in this season of my life, I was working out. I made the choice to work out because I wanted physical looks only. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about any inward changes or any habit changes, any mindset changes. I wanted the physical looks. And I found myself time and time again 
disappointed in the fact that I didn't look the way I expected myself to look after three months of doing workouts consistently or eating healthy consistently. And when I realized that my inner body was becoming stronger week by week and my physical body wasn't quite catching up to what was happening internally, that's when I started to see what that meant to be changed inwardly first in order to be changed outwardly. Now, it could be any journey that you're on, but I relate my faith journey so much to my fitness journey because I am a hands-on learner and I think that God knows that because it was by no mistake that I went to the gym just to work out for a smoking hot body. It sounds so silly to say now, but to work out for a body that I was so desperate to have because I thought it was going to heal the brokenness inside of me. But it was when I was changed inwardly and realizing that I was becoming stronger week by week. That was when I saw the message God was trying to share with me. That he was trying to work in me and heal me and transform me before anything could happen outwardly. I'm not saying that I have the fittest body in the world. and I'm nowhere near where I thought I would be. But I know that I have put in time and work into my fitness journey. My reason for working out has completely changed. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit about remembering your why. But the changes, the changes happening internally far outweighs anything physical, anything outwardly. And so when we know who God is, we know that there's a spiritual calling inside of us, a spiritual longing to just be in his presence, to just want to receive his words. We have to realize that knowing his word is not good enough. We need to believe in his word so we can know who he is, but not believe in him. And so that's why I say that to know God is part of a biblical faith. Believing in his word is also tied to that. Believing that he says who he is, is going to help you build a solid foundation for your house, so to speak, a solid foundation for your why. If you believe his words are true and trustworthy, then you've got guidelines to help you in times of struggle and in celebrations. Believing in his word fuels you. Believing in God's words fuels your faith into something so much more. It starts to build an intimate relationship with him. It keeps you wanting more to have a childlike faith where we just believe and receive the word of God as is without any doubt or what ifs. At least we want to. Our goal is to just take him at his word. My friend, when our faith is fueled with belief, then we build a sense of confidence in Jesus. Trusting in his word is so important and it's not always going to be easy. Everyone struggles with it. You're not going to get it right all the time. I don't get it right all the time. I get it wrong at times too. And so the good news in this is that we can rest in knowing that when we mess up, we can repent for our sins and ask for forgiveness where we fall short. This is a journey of excellence and progress, not of perfection. So if you're a perfectionist out there and you think like, okay, I messed up one time. I'm never going to do it again. I promise don't make that promise to yourself. Again, we don't want to put faith in ourselves. We want to put faith in God. So I shared with you all of these things on what it is to have faith in the world or in yourself and to have biblical faith. So your question might be, this sounds really, really good, Caroline, but how would I even be able to apply biblical faith into my everyday routine? Because it sounds like it's a lot, right? Especially if 
you're trying to focus on knowing who he is, believing his word, and, and working on trusting in his word and building an intimate relationship with God, it might sound like it's a very daunting task. But it doesn't have to be. Because we can do things, take baby steps, that is going to help nurture our relationship with God and building a more biblical faith in him. So I've listed out some of these things here. And the first one I have is to be thankful because it can be so easy to get caught up in the comparison mindset or the I wish mentality where we think to ourselves how much we wish for something to happen. An example would be, I wish I'd have to do dishes all the time. And I know that a lot of us can relate to this example because no matter what, there's always dishes in the sink. Even after you've washed it, you come back, somehow it's magically there again. And so I know that you know what I'm talking about. We can start to create a mindset where we get very frustrated with the fact that here we are again washing dishes, replacing the thought of, I wish I didn't have to do dishes with yourself being thankful in that moment by simply thanking the Lord for the dishes that you do have to wash, because that meant that your family was fed, that you were fed. And the means of that was God's blessing over your family. It might be laundry. Maybe that's the thorn at your side. And you could be easily frustrated with the fact that you have an endless pile of laundry to do. In my household, it's always the dishes and the laundry that never seems to end. And it can be so easy for me to get in that mindset of thinking to myself in frustration, I have to do dishes again? I have to do another load of laundry again? And then do these things with so much frustration and anger behind them. But when I am folding the laundry and just thanking God that my kids and my husband, even myself, have clean clothes to wear, that they even have clothes to wear, as a matter of fact, from the means of God's provision for the way that he provides for us, it just makes a world of a difference to be thankful in that moment instead of being ungrateful that you're doing dishes. Yes, it's annoying. Yes, it's frustrating. And sometimes we don't want to do it because we simply don't feel like it. But my friend, I'm here to remind you today that when you build a mindset of thankfulness, that eventually cultivates a greater mindset of gratitude. I have an episode titled Thankfulness Versus Gratitude. And I basically share in that episode that to be thankful is to acknowledge the things in the moment. But building a mindset of gratitude is to be grateful for the everyday mundane things. So the dishes, sweeping the floor, the laundry, reorganizing the couch, picking blankets up off the floor, all of these things are things that I do in my life, but they can be things that I find to be so irritating and easily slip into the comparison or the I wish mindset or just to get frustrated in general. So when we build a mindset of being thankful, it's so hard for us to get angry because we are realizing that our life could be so different. So yes, being thankful is a great way to apply biblical faith into your everyday life. Also, remembering your why is a good one, right? If your why is built on a solid foundation based off the teaching in Matthew where Jesus talks about building your house on the solid rock, then go back to your why and remember why you started your journey or why you wanted this mindset change in the first place. The reason why I say this is because when we start something, there's an end goal in mind. We have a vision or a goal, a particular set of goals that we want to meet. And in 
the process of us trying to reach these goals, we've set aside a bunch of mini tasks along the way to help us stay afloat, to help us focus on what the end goal is. And sometimes we can get so focused on just checking off the tasks that we forget to remember why we started our journey in the first place, why we wanted these things in the first place. It makes you question where you're anchored in. Are you anchored again in you, having faith in you? Or are you anchored in God, in biblical faith? Building your why, building a solid foundation for your why is key to you returning back and remembering why you started this in the first place. So going back to my fitness journey, I think back on how even after four years, I can find myself being so focused on my goals that I can forget the reason why I started something in the first place or the reason why I wanted to progress in a certain area in my life in the first place. Because I'm so focused on these goals. Every day I wake up and I have a routine that I follow. And sometimes this routine can get out of hand because I'll be so laser focused on trying to attain a certain goal when that's not the point at all. The point is to stay disciplined, staying disciplined in my faith journey, staying disciplined in my fitness journey. They all go hand in hand. Any type of journey that you're on, anything that you're seeking, there's discipline involved. And so when you build your house and you remember your why and you build it on the solid rock, because in a way, when you go back to remember your why, there's so much peace and rest in that because you go back to basics. That doesn't mean that you are starting over. It just means that you're renovating the house that you've already built. My friend, I think another good way for us to apply biblical faith in our everyday life would be prayer. I mentioned this a lot, especially in previous episodes, but prayer for me, I believe, is the best action that you can place in your life anywhere you go throughout your day. It doesn't have to be big prayers. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out prayer either. It can be little prayers here and there, and it keeps your heart posture towards God genuine and intentional instead of focusing on the busyness of your daily routine and being disgruntled or bothered by whatever is happening in your day. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be busy in your day because you absolutely can. But it's when you allow the things that are bothering you to really bother you, to seep under your skin and get the best of you. That's when it's not okay. That's when you have to turn back to God and be in conversation with him so that you can fix your heart posture. And when you fix your heart posture towards God in his genuineness and in the intentionality of it, then it changes your whole attitude. You can look at things differently, maybe with a more calm mindset, maybe with a more positive mindset, one that is willing to be transformed. And just with prayer, I believe it's also equally important for you to find time and meditate on God's words, to engage in his words. Engage by praying before you read scripture, asking the Holy Spirit to lift the veil off your eyes and and to reveal truths to you as you seek the kingdom of God by reading the Bible. Ask questions. I would say whatever you're reading, whatever sticks out to you, focus on that and ask questions. Maybe ask yourself questions like, why is this sticking out to me? What does this mean? What is the significance of this? And as you ask these questions and you do your research and you find the answers, you're going to find that this story is pieced together. I like to paint a picture of a thread and needle and it's just kind of going across the pages of the Bible where everything comes together like a beautiful blanket. 
Jesus tells us in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? So it's important. It's just as equally as important to make space for God to enter into your life as you seek his kingdom. And the last one I have for you here today is to let go of the things that you cannot control. We like to think that we are in control of everything or we want to have control of everything. But my friend, the truth is that we simply can't, right? We're not the creators of the world. We can't tell the wind in the clouds where to go. We can't tell the sun when to rise and when to set. So we definitely can't control the people around us, how they react to things, the stress in their life, or the things that comes out of their mouth out of frustration or anger or just pure ignorance. Like maybe sometimes... Somebody doesn't know that they're being rude, but we can control ourselves. We can control the fact that we're able to extend grace or that we don't have to match the energy of the room. So if the room is in chaos, we don't have to be chaotic too. We can be at peace. We can have the spirit of peace, of joy and love with us. If there's a lot of anger and frustration in the room that you're in, you don't have to be these things. You can control how you react to it is taking accountability for the things that you can't control, owning up to the things that you get to do because you control them. My friend, letting go can be so hard sometimes. As a matter of fact, all of the things I said today, it can be hard. It can be hard to be thankful in times of anger and frustration. It can be hard to remember your why, especially when you've been so focused on the goal that you've set for yourself. It can be hard to make time for prayer or to find time to meditate on God's words or to let go of all these things. But I know, and God knows, Jesus even knows that it's going to be hard. Jesus tells us in John 16, 25, that he's overcome the world. He says in verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. All we have to do is let go of the things that we can't control. Build a biblical faith. The original question of this episode was have faith in what? Have faith in who? The process? Yourself? The world? Where do you put your faith in? I challenge you to discern through these and really dig into where your faith is being nurtured in. So my friend, I ask you again. What do you have faith in? Who do you have faith in? I know it can be hard to discern these things, but my friend, you can do hard things. Hey, thank you for listening. If this episode has spoken life into you or your mindset transformation journey, please share it with a friend. The growth of this podcast is possible through you. So thank you for your support and for being a part of the family. I look forward to talking to you again next week here on the Restored Mind podcast.